evening, ladies and gentlemen. What's going on? Welcome into the SE Scoops Pro Wrestling Podcast right here on the SE Scoops YouTube channel. It is Tuesday, September 5th. We're coming out of a crazy, crazy, crazy wrestling weekend, but we are here to break it all down. I am Zach Haydorn. That is Tyler Sage. Tyler, what's up, man? Hey, uh, a lot. I usually say not much, but there's a lot going on. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, we'll talk about the elephant in the room, the I don't know. I, don't, I should not know that that elephant's height and weight, but that wouldn't be good for the joke. But uh, the the probably two hundred and eight pound elephant in the room, if I had to guess. So yeah, it's a big one. It's a big one. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk CM Punk more so than that. I think we're going to have a, or I'm interested to have a fun conversation about the future of of AEW and what it looks like post CM Punk because I think the whole CM Punk saga and issue. Um, really like took a chunk of I don't not goodwill, but like there's a story there where you know AW existed for so long. And I think for a long time people wondered, like, ah man, are they gonna get CM Punk? Are they gonna get CM Punk? Are they gonna get CM Punk? Get mm-hmm. CM Punk? Now they've had him, they've got him, they've had him, and they've now kicked him away. And so like that elephant in the room is gonna be is gone too. That conversation is 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 changed. So I'm looking forward to talking State of the state uh, on on AEW two. We're getting into some WWE topics on a, a busy Monday Night Raw last week. Uh, but first, let's take care of a little business. If uh, you are watching us live, thank you for joining us. We certainly do appreciate it. You can catch us right here on the SC Scoops YouTube channel every single week, nine Eastern, eight Central. If you miss us for some reason live, and you want to catch us after the fact, obviously the show will be up on the YouTube channel, the S-Coops YouTube channel, but you can also um, download us in podcast form, wherever your podcasts uh, are found, wherever you get yours, we are there. You can download us, take us with you on the way to work or while while you're working. We appreciate the support. The shows have gotten some really good, really great feedback and, and, and just thank you. Um, Thank you, thank you, thank you. The chat is open and already busy with Sean and Zach and Azan uh, and and many more. So join us there. We also have our super chat feature uh, ready to go for you guys. If you want to ask us a question or you want to make a comment on one of our comments, yell at us, disagree, what have you. That is open, and we certainly um, appreciate all the contributions on a week to week basis. It really helps keep this show moving forward. Um, and, uh, and just helps out SC Scoops in general. So thank you in advance uh, for all of that. With that said, Tyler, did you know that CM Punk was fired from AEW <laughs> this week? They released a statement, right? Mm-hmm. Tony Khan opened the show for those watching at home on video, you know, with a, with a video talking about the situation. And then that guy sat on the stage and addressed a Chicago crowd um telling him that they fired you know cm punk and 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 that he wouldn't be there um i thought in terms of like the whole the whole thing like i think tony khan in the end came out ahead on this like i i think he came out ahead like i think yeah sure maybe in the short term he's you know two steps back but i think at some point he's in the middle of taking like three giant steps forward. Like, I think that Mm -hmm. it, um, you know, finally making a call on CM Punk one way or the other had, had to happen. It took way too long. We've talked about it on this show for weeks. It just took 
too long to do that. And finally he did. And he doesn't get points for that. But I think for me, sitting in the building and watching Tony Khan struggle with this and clearly upset about having to do it, clearly not something that he wanted to do. But, you know, I don't and this is just me and he's a promoter, so it is what it is. But I don't get the sense that like when Tony Khan sits on the top of the stage and is talking to people and almost crying that it's that it's a put on. I don't think he has I don't think he has put on in him like Vince McMahon does. Like I don't think he's mm-hmm. he's that guy. So uh, you know, I took him at face value for what for a lot of the things that he was saying, with the caveat that of course, you know, they're playing the legal game here. But the sense that I got was he was genuinely upset about having to do it. He did it, got the job done, and he also seemed like a guy that was ready to move on. And I think that the show kind of was symbolic of that. I think his post, uh, you know, the, the media scrum afterwards, um, I kind of saw a little bit of a different Tony Khan there who was just more take charge, more definitive, like more clear, less stressed. I mean, the guy in previous media scrum looked like he was about to spin off the earth. And, you know, here he was just answering questions. And and I think, you know, they're going to have to figure out what to do with collision. We'll talk about that in a minute. But mm-hmm. seeing how everything played out, I, I I think this move had to be made. I think ultimately this is probably the move CM Punk wanted to face. And here we are after a long, long road. We're here. It's over. And I think all in, pun intended, that's probably the, the a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I think a low bar for for Mr. Khan here on making the right decision, but you know he's there. It's kind of like if this is different levels of important, but if if Vince is still running WWE and you know someone says hospital on the broadcast, that would be like, oh wow, Vince is changing. That that's some positive <laughs> news for me, you know. So you know, different levels oh. of importance here, but you know something that should have happened a long time ago, um, but you know. Here we are, which is good. Uh, you know, you could see that in collision, but especially at that all-in pay-per-view is like the whole company, it seems like, whether, you know, even with FTR, right, his closest allies, they're yeah. teaming up with the Young Bucks and, you know, doing finishers together and, you know, getting, putting business over any sort of personal issue you may or may not have with the other person there next to you. And, um, you know, that is a microcosm so is you know lower on the card wrestlers kind of calling fans out for you know thinking they couldn't do it or you know uh uh what's what's matt hardy's wife's name reba Rebby? reba yeah she's got yeah, big reba. yeah one of the two that's why Rebby, i think i think that's why i was pausing but you know she's got a very popular tiktok because i got a couple tiktok sent to me today where she's you know kind of already dunking on cm punk and stuff like that so you know, that's uh, <laughs> that's going to start happening too. But you know, the company coming to—it felt like it was more cohesive than it's really been in years. I mean, probably since All Out 2021, where everybody debuted. Um, not that it feels like it's on the same. Like, oh man, this is like because at that point it felt like a real. This might be able to be something like WWE in in some time, and as opposed to a cool upstart wrestling brand and. Now, two years later, I think there's some positive momentum, and it feels like a little bit more of a cohesion with everyone in that company, rowing the boat in the same direction, if you will. 
Um, and I think you saw that in the show and everyone wanted to put it on a good show. Curious how this week's Dynamite and Collision continue that. But um, yeah, I think for sure it was a positive note and one that you and I have suggested for a long time. And my only contention with you is that I think Punk would probably want a settled uh, divorce here, not a, not a unpaid one because now he's going to have to lawyer up and spend money to yeah probably not get any money. I mean, I don't know where I assume Florida, if you're an employee like Punk probably was to get fired, right? You're not an independent contractor. I assume your employment is based in Florida, which is not super positive for workers in a situation like this versus an employer. So, uh, you know, versus if it was in Illinois. So I, I think he's going to have a, a uphill battle um, with, with evidence and all the information that they gather to make this a justified firing. So I don't think he's getting any money. And I think it would be, you know, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know the facts, but I think it would be dumb for him to fight this, but I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. Um, and you know, but like, you know, good for, good for Tony Khan. Like I, 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 if you watched the show last week, I took the stance of there's no way I'm letting this guy walk. Like, absolutely not. No, you're not getting a settlement. Like can't happen. Like too valuable to, um, you know, do, do business first for whatever that means. And I know the, the, the cons of that. Um, mm-hmm. But I was kind of taking him the assumption, though, that letting him go would mean giving him something. Um, this was just like chop, gone, like with cause, you're out. Um, and I think that's a bit of a muscle flex. And that was what I was looking for, if you remember last week. Like Tony Khan, like puff the chest a little bit, flex your muscle and just, you know, and go and just, you know, like get 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 the job done one way or the other. And if that meant, you know, putting them on pay-per-view and then and then letting him go okay if that meant mm-hmm. you know this i think i think this i think this works and you know they're not going to they're not going to recover like overnight on this i mean cm punk is is a big star you know um he's a big time star that um they built a whole show around they're going to have to rework a lot of their weekly programming to to figure this out but you know you're kind of past you know, you're finally past CM Punk for, 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 for better or worse. And I think that alone, you know, is, 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 imp- is important for, for the company, important position for the company to, um, to be in. What did you make of, you know, the young bucks kind of needling punk a little bit with some of their ring antics on, on Saturday uh, and just not so much Rebby sky, but, more so people in the company or, you know, Cash Wheeler flashing the the punk symbol as he's walking to the ring. It's like, I saw that and was just like, man, th- th- that kind of passive aggressiveness is how, <laughs> is how they got there to begin with. Like it wasn't the only reason that things ended the way they did, but a lot of it like, you know, was the kindling for the fire that was the last year in AEW. Um, mm-hmm. and so I'm seeing this and I'm like, oh man, Tony, like, okay, firing punk is one thing, you know, but you have to get the people that are still there under, under, under control. Like Matt Jackson, like doing the run around the ring thing, like punk did when he celebrates title wins. It's like, man, like that's a shot. That is a shot that is going to, that is still, he's not there. He's not even there anymore. Like you, you won Matt Jackson. Like 
it's silly to keep to keep doing that. It's petty. And I'd like to see like that get nipped in the bud because when it did and when everybody just thought I left it alone, you ended up with a great pay-per-view on Sunday. That mm-hmm. is what is good business for AEW, not all this, you know, this silly drama. So what do you what do you make of that on both sides, Cash and Matt? Yeah. Um, you know, especially on the Saturday stuff first of the Sunday, I think it's good to bring that up like you did. Because it, it felt like, you know, even if it was unsaid, it felt like Tony Khan was like, all right, get your get your stuff in. And, uh, you know, we're done after tonight. After on, tonight. On, on doing this, right? Get it out of your system and move on, right? And if I'm Tony Khan, if I'm advising Tony Khan more specifically, I wouldn't even allow that because, you know, you give an inch and someone's going to take a foot, right? That's been the whole issue with his yes. management style up to this point. And... You know, on another aspect of that, you know, giving someone the opportunity to do it and then them doing it, you know, what's the adage? It, when someone shows you who they are, believe them, right? Mm-hmm. I think you've seen that in both FTR and with the Young Bucks specifically. And for our continued conversation here, I know the Bucks just resigned and FTR resigned, you know, six months ago. So you're with them for the long haul. But if I'm planning out who are my core 10 or so people that I'm building all these shows around and they're my big stars on every show. All those guys are not part of that because of the antics before, during and after this whole event, right? They are mid card guys. They are occasional people who can are the essential AEW legacy stars, right? Who come in and put people over to make them bigger stars that I focus on. So, you know, is, is that a little direct? Yes. But I think when you're planning out the next three to five years of your company, I would not have FTR Young Bucks being a major, major portion of that in, in, you know, a year from now, right? Like they should be putting people over to be in that spot because I know I can trust these people and, you know, they can prove to me that they're not going to be petty and things like that. But, and not not just them, but everybody about the situation, right? You've seen who you can and cannot trust. And I think that if I'm Tony Khan is almost as important as skill in the ring and, and all that sort of stuff. Obviously you have to have skill and be able to talk and all that stuff and be a star, but I want people I can trust and don't have to worry about going off the handle or doing something stupid or wearing an article of clothing that gets people talking about, you know, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah. I, I, yeah, exactly. And yeah, I, I, you know, the, the Saturday stuff, I'm just like, you guys got to be kidding me. Like you both, both of you on both sides completely missed the entire point of like almost all of this. Like, yes, you know, CM Punk has his, his issues. I mean, nobody is debating no, I, or at least I haven't seen anybody debate that. He's got mm-hmm. problems, clearly. He can't mm-hmm. get along with anybody. He can't, you know, and you certainly can't fight people, you know, <laughs> twice in, in, a, in a matter of, you know, a few months being backstage. That just, it just, that just can't happen. But, mm-hmm. you know, you're also, when you're needling that kind of stuff and you're mocking, it just shows that you don't fully grasp the entirety of the situation and how serious it was and how much it affected your boss. Who's still signing the checks. Who was just on the stage, almost in tears. Um, it just comes across as like more poor judgment from these guys. And um, you know, obviously if you saw my Twitter feed on Saturday, I took a rash of, of, uh, of just people disagreeing, but you know, I mean, the only way to nip it in the bud is to just nip it in the bud stop mm-hmm. you know and if that means matt jackson's off tv for a while fine if that means cash wheeler's off tv for a while fine i mean you're in the midst of this reset anyway 
you know, so be it. Uh, and, and at least that's that's my opinion, and it still is, um, given you know, given the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and like just the view before you go, so it's like to view the like history of the company, right? I think there's like a before punk, a during punk, and an after punk, right? For like yep. the goodwill and buy and, and feeling around the company. And if you're a talent and you don't think Tony Khan thinks that exact same way, and this is like a reset for everybody, and like do what you can not to continue and move forward and not be good for business, then I, you know, it just proves that you think that you are in a spot that you cannot be taken out of, which is always dangerous in pro wrestling. Cause you can. For sure, because you can. And I, I also argue that I think it's I think it's like super minor league. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that mm-hmm. People pull on the indies to get, you know, quick little pops, yeah. you know, They're, that's not stuff that, you know, unless you're Shawn Michaels in 1996, like that's not stuff that, you know, people at the top are, are doing because you're shooting, you know, down at that point. Punk is not there. So it's like, you know, you're not, it's not as big of a flex as you, as you, as you think it is. So I was disappointed to see that. And I'm glad it wasn't there on on Sunday. And if, and if Saturday was, Hey, okay, get it out of your system. But you know, from there, I don't want any of it. Then I suppose I'll, I suppose I'll live with it. Um, let's get to our first, um, super chat of the show. And this one comes to us from Zach Barber, Zach. Thanks so much. And he says, build collusion around Starks book club gold and Miro. There could also be more fluidity between dynamite and collision with punk gone. Um, Zach, thank you as always for listening and watching live and contributing to the show. It's, we appreciate it very much. And it's a good topic. And I wanted to make sure we get to this because I want to talk future of AEW. Like, what does the landscape look like now that CM Punk isn't there? I mean, they have now three shows on TBS and TNT, if you count Rampage, but Collision is the big one. And this all comes right on the heels of college football starting. The MLB playoffs are starting. The NBA is going to be here before you know it. And same with the NHL. And AEW and Tony Khan have this little show called Collision that CM Punk was the face of uh, for the the couple months that he was the face of it. Um, Now he's gone and you still have, and you still have that, that show. And so Tyler, I ask you, and you can kind of take this from two angles, but how do you like build out dynamite and collision as two separate entities, but knowing that right now you probably don't need to like split the roster. Like it kind of was Mm -hmm. um, at one point, you've got these two properties. You want both of them to make you a lot of money, you know, in in a handful of months when you're renegotiating television deals, you know, is it as simple as Stark book club gold and Miro, or does it need to be a broader rework? that you know is in the near future for tony khan and for aw as a promotion yeah i mean there's a difference of um you know what i think tony should do and what tony will do right so let's let's do more uh what tony will do right or or advice or analysis on that right so i think you know he has not changed his formatting a lot very quickly it's been kind of the theme of aw he changes the little things a little faster than major ideas of booking patterns, how many matches you have on a card, how you present the product, um, you know, what what main events, what doesn't main event, things like that. So I think a hybrid approach is the best way to go about this, where if I'm an AEW fan, I know I'm going to see, you know, John Moxley, Kenny Omega, and MJF every Wednesday, 
and I'm going to see, you know, Starks, Jay White, and Miro every Saturday or whatever, right? You pick your three people um, or, you know, three to five people you're going to see, you know, let's say five people for each show, you're going to see at least three of them every week, no matter what. And mm-hmm. then you have stories that also go from Dynamite to Collision, but also go Collision to Dynamite, right? Because they're pretty much the same distance apart. I mean, I guess an extra day for Collision to Dynamite. But um, it's like those smaller things like, you know, John Moxley and, and um, Blackpool Combat Club. I think you could have them have matches that or, or issues that lead to in a better way than, than Dynamite to Rampage has done it. But you have some interaction between talent on Wednesday that leads to Saturday and vice versa. So I know who I'm going to see. Hopefully one of those major players is someone that I can't miss as a fan. So I'm forced to then watch the product to see them and what they're doing, what their interesting story is going to be each and every week. And then also things happen that I really want to see the result. And, you know, I don't always get the satisfaction that day. And I'll probably mend that. I think MJF should probably be on both shows if he's the most over guy in the company. Him and Cole is probably the most over thing in the company and he's your world champion. So I would have some combination of those two if you're going to remain them a team um, on most on both shows to bolster it in the intermediate or whatever is the most popular thing at the time should be, you know, you don't want to overexpose it, but it should be something that if, you know, Christian is very over with this whole evil father figure gimmick <laughs> and you can get him twice a week for, for four weeks and, you know, make that before it burns out. I think that's important. Or if you get a new signee or someone gets a big win, right? Like if in that's a big signing and do you want, you want to probably use him a lot, not have him do, show up and then do a video package the next week because he's got the week off because he already had a vacation planned, right? So it's that sort of expectations for your 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 uh, wrestlers and having them there, which we haven't seen a lot of either, right? Like people just don't get random weeks off, right? You got to be here every week and all that. So that's kind of like a shift. That's more the what I would do if I was Tony Khan in the beginning was more of what I think will happen. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, no, I... I... I think that you really do need to look, and you hit the nail on the head here with the stories going, you know, dynamite to collision and back to dynamite. And I think like that's ultimately what you want to. To me, I think that's what you want to have. Like, I think you want to have that that flow because ultimately, like, you want people to watch both of these shows. You don't want people to pick. So, while you know, while MJF can be like mainly a dynamite guy. Like if the cadence of the story that you're telling makes sense for him to, for, for you to, you know, play out a chapter of that on Saturday nights for collision, then, then do it and do, and do that angle there. I think what you want to like have in my eyes, what Tony Khan's going to want to do is make sure that like people know that things, important things happen on both of these on both of these shows with all the talent and you've got this big roster and you have four hours of television every single week. Like that's how I'd be writing these shows. Like, like with, with that, with that in mind, um, it doesn't seem like Tony Khan is going to to your point, go down that route because he is kind of has been rigid in that way. But if there was ever time for a restart, it's now um, because you know, that's, Look, it took years, years and years for for WWE to pivot to like a, a split roster model. Um, 
Part of it was they didn't have the, the talent depth, which I think AW does have now. But part of it is, you know, it just takes a while to build up an infrastructure to have like two totally different shows. I mean, you have to have, in their case, you had writing teams. They have two of them now that are putting together this, 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 the television product. And, and Tony is still the one man shop essentially. And it's, you know, less scripted and all that. I get it, but you know, it just doesn't, it, it doesn't have to happen overnight. And, you know, once you, you're going to get a good system down and you get an audience and that audience is there and they're loyal okay, maybe then you want to start splitting off. But I think it's just, it's too soon to treat it hard and fast unless, you know, you had a situation like CM Punk. But even that, we, we talked about the problems that that had, which was Punk had none of the top guys to work to work with on that show, you know? I don't think you want to write yourself into that problem. So, Zach, to your point, build around Starks, Bull Blue and Miro. Like, yeah, I think that those are good stars to, to build around. I don't know that you'd have to look at it as, well, these are just going to be our collision stars. Like, I think you want to tell good stories, have good feuds, make good wrestling programs, and spread that out however it needs to in order for it to make sense and in order for it to be as captivating as as it uh, as it can be. You you looking like you want to get in there. Go ahead. No, I mean, I agree. I mean, you know, I we we had a, you know, our roundtable on All In talking about it and and – the three people that we deemed, I mean, Starks was one of them. So was Orange Cassidy. And so was Takeshita. And we're not talking about Orange Cassidy, Takeshita too, which I think just shows the depth for my examples for dynamite people. And then Zach's good examples for collision people that you can have a lot of people that are more tethered to one show, but aren't exclusively like, you know, I think the WWE example on the build to WrestleMania a little bit after that, you know, Roman would occasionally be on raw and Cody would occasionally be on SmackDown. And, and there's lots of other examples like that where I think some yeah. blending of the two worlds, um, it pops a rating, yes, but also makes it feel like, hey, sometimes it's unannounced and the bloodline are here, right? So you it gives you that feeling of if you're a diehard fan, you got to watch everything live so you can see it live and don't find out about it on Twitter um, or, or what have you. So, But you build shows around the key people, but yeah, you got to be fluid and, and flexible and pivot. That's what being number two in any business, right? You got to be a little more nimbler if you're smaller. And that is an advantage because you can do things a little quicker and change things up. And I think that's a big issue with the AEW model for a long time is the, you know, the rigidness of it. Good, good point. Uh, thank you, Zach. Uh, really great, great point. And it really launched us here. So I appreciate you. Uh, Super chats are open, folks. If you want to get in and ask a question or make a comment, uh, we're talking AEW. Uh, the future here, state of the state stuff uh, in a post CM Punk world. Uh, so when I'm looking at the roster right now, and this this stood out to me at All Out, and you kind of you teased it with like there are some guys coming out of All Out that are you know I don't want to I don't want to say hot talents like because I don't think all of them are necessarily like over to the max, but they're key guys that have a lot of momentum behind them. And in thinking about that, one of the things that I wanted to, to kind of break down here is in this post CM Punk world, you've got two, two shows, four hours worth of programming, um, not, some different talent that has momentum behind them. Who, if you're picking six guys, if you're picking six guys where you're saying to yourself, hey, 
I need something solid for these six guys all week long, every single week for 52 weeks. I'm not saying that these are the guys, like, I don't mean that as hey, these are the guys who should be in the world title picture, or these are the guys who shouldn't. My, my point, I hopefully I'm differentiating that. It, it, it's more of a question of who gets the light shined on them, who gets, you know, focus, who gets priority in terms of time on TV and, 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 you know, proper storytelling and, and that, you know, that, that, that you can't have the same focus on everybody. Um, and so I ask you, I've got my six, but I ask you who, and if I, I can shoot first if you want to think about it for a little bit longer, but I, no, I want to know I, like, I can use the excuse. Think. Yeah. I can use the excuse if you didn't lay this on me before right now. So if I'm having bad, no, answer, no, no. Yeah. No, my, no we that can be my crush. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I'm reading it just to be clear as someone, if I'm Tony Khan, they are, they have a 15 minute segment of that four hour block every week. Right. Give or take, like, that's kind of where we are. Like, yeah. This person is always on my mind. I'm booking them and then working around that is kind of my right. strategy as a, as a booker. So yeah, it's exactly. Like this isn't like, this isn't like, yeah. okay. Uh, Christian debuts and we don't see him again for like five weeks or yeah, like, yeah. You know, Starks gets a big win and then he disappears. Like, mm-hmm. it's focus and it's time and it's attention, really. You know, squeaky wheel, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. So, in no particular order, it's MJF, it's John Moxley, it's um, Orange Cassidy, it's it's probably it's Jay White, it's. I'd say Takeshita right now with Callis as like a combo team. Okay. And then probably Brian Danielson are the six. The Takeshita okay. one I could flex out. I think him and Starks are like there. There's also another person that could come up and, and take that. But, you know, I don't think Kenny, I don't think the Bucks, I don't think FTR, I don't think the Acclaimed. I, you know, there's lots of people that like right now in this moment, September 5th, 2023, I'd much rather see what Don Callis and Takeshita are doing. Like I want him to take out Jericho next because he denied Callus, you know, all that sort of stuff. Right. So that one is the one I, you know, I'm curious what your six are and I could miss out of it. The other five I think are, are, are pretty obvious for me. Yeah. So my, mine are almost identical, except I'm, I'm t- no, they are identical. I'm taking, uh, <laughs> I'm taking out the person I'm taking out is Danielson. I'm not, okay. I'm not sold on making Danielson like, a focal part of the show. Like to me, like he's, he's almost like, you know, legacy triple H who's coming in to have big matches every, every, every so often. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know that he needs to be a guy that's on every, every single week. Not that he's not good. It's just that, you know, I don't think, no, I just don't think you have, I don't think you, I don't think you have him as much as you need to have, him. I'm looking at guys that you're going to have every single week, no matter what. Um, so I'm going MJF. I'm going uh, John Moxley, Orange Cassidy, Takeshita, uh, Ricky Starks, and Jay White. Those are my six mm-hmm. with Adam Cole as like a flex. <laughs> perhaps. Okay. So, yeah. Cause like in Cole, yeah, honorable mention for me, you was Cole, obviously. And then just looking through the comments, 
Um, you know, probably Darby and Swerve would be my guys who are probably on at least every other week doing something important. But like, that's a whole nother category. So, yeah. What I want to make, yeah, I, Cole, I mean, like, look, we're not saying yeah. like, oh, we could just kick Swerve to the curb. Like, it's not that. It's, it's, yeah. If Tony has time to book six people, these are the six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I agree. And, and the, the funny thing is, it's, oh, man, this is why I'm glad we don't cross paths with this stuff before (laughs) because what's interesting is like it's not you know we're not talking chris jericho we're not talking the young bucks we're not talking ftr you know we're not talking Mm -hmm. kenny omega like and and that's i think that's an interesting pivot because i think if you if you go back you know four years ago you know that the list is totally different. And then there's a lot of the sim- same players, you know, around. It's not like Kenny's gone or the Bucks are gone, you know, Cody is. But like, I think that it shows you that. I think, I think it just shows you that, that they have guys that need, you know, the proverbial rocket strapped to them that have to be mm-hmm. like painted as a focus of the show um, consistently where it's a consistent effort that Takeshita is not like just this, this guy, but he's like a guy. He's our, one of our top guys and a reason to tune into to this show on a weekly basis, collision or dynamite. Same thing with orange Cassidy. The guy has a really unique gimmick. We all know that, but he, um, I think for a while you looked at him and you're like, I don't know. And with good reason, I don't know if he can be like a fixture mainstay top guy. Well, you know, at this point, I think he's answered those questions. You know, it's worth giving, you know, giving that momentum a little push down the down the hill, if you will. And same things with Ricky Starks. And then you still have like your tried and true guys, too. You have MJF, who's going to be an anchor. You have John Moxley, who's going to be an anchor. Um, but to me, like those six, like that group of six right there is a really good balance of guys Tony Khan can trust veterans who have been in the top spot before guys who have delivered from a money perspective in terms of drawing pay-per-views and being on big cards. And then, you know, a crop of talent that needs a push and needs momentum and needs the, the machine, so to speak. And I don't say that as in a bad way, but the machine of AW as a wrestling promotion to promote them and make them bigger stars. Like mm-hmm. that is like a necessary to me next you know big thing that AEW has to has to do in this post punk world is you know like grow some of the guys that you have here that have a lot of momentum behind them i, I think i think that six those six is like supremely interesting yeah and i ours was the same except for we starks and jay white were only sub in and out but you know i think they're both right there and, and you know white is more of a i think has shown it in the ring and needs time built around him to tell the story. Yeah. But, and also the, you know, MGF comes with Cole and white comes with bullet club Cole. Mm-hmm. So they kind of all are, are tied together. So that's kind of an easy pick there, but yeah, I agree hundred percent. You think WWF, you know, 1980, the eighties, the right. Everybody in that promotion was made somewhere else. Right. And then they became amplified in that company, right? The early thing of any company is like, Hey, people that were popular somewhere else come in and you give them a bigger platform, right? That's the WWF method back in the day. And then 
back in the day, the 90s, where you're building people, right? You built all of WCW essentially, right? You know, you built your diesels (laughs) and your your Razor Ramones and, you know, not everybody, but Hogan, right, was built more in WWF than he was in WCW. I mean, up and down those cards, minus Flair, who had a cup of coffee in WWF, like, so they are just now, you know, they've been around long enough to be in that transitional phase where, you know, if you do the one for one, let's say WrestleMania is the start of WWF. I know it's not, but just like the easy modern approach, like we're in what, 1990, 1991 for mm-hmm. AEW. So you're kind of doing that transition from your Kenny's, from your Young Bucks, from your, um, all you know, everybody that started Cody and, and Hangman and all that sort of uh, Jericho. So. And yeah, now you're starting with your own home batch of talent. And everyone we mentioned, you know, Cassidy's an OG, um, you know, Darby, same way. Like, you know, they've been around a long time, but they haven't been in that top spot. So, yeah, I think it's just a healthy direction for the company. And it feels like now more than ever, this has seemed like a possibility as opposed to two weeks ago, where it feels like we're just going to kind of run the same eight guys that we've seen since the beginning of AEW unit. You know, me and you hadn't verbalized it. But it was getting a little stagnant on what your big matches, right? Like if you were to ask me three weeks ago, what's the biggest match that's not brawl out related? <laughs> I don't, you know, what's the biggest match AEW could put on? I don't know, right? It, it, I'm not like excited to ponder that. And now I am because I think there's a new batch of guys that are going to get a shot here. So that's a great point. I mean, it really is. Like if you're talking like dream matches in AEW, I mean, you ha- they had them. They I mean they had a lot of them. You know, I mean, yes, and Punk and Omega and the Young Bucks and all that. Yes, obviously that would have been mm-hmm. supremely interesting and very good for business. But um, do you want to see, you know, I mean, would you rather see MJF against the babyface MJF against Adam Page? Or would you rather see babyface MJF against, you know, Takeshita at this point? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Takeshita for sure. To, or yeah, Jay I mean, White or, sure. or, or, or Ricky Starks as a heel. Like Jay White, yeah, Nero exactly. as a yeah. heel. I mean, whatever. Like, there's lots of good options now. So, yeah. And there have been, there have been, but you know, it felt like the cloud of hey, it's going to be him and Cole, him and Kenny. Like, when we were booking MGF's run at the beginning, it's like, all right, he's probably going to face, you know, whatever. And then Cole's probably going to take it all out because he's the babyface and he's the next babyface on the rise. And it felt like Tony Khan was booking the world title. This is not necessarily a bad thing. Like, look at WWE. That's being worked on a long-term aspect. But it's like, okay, it's yeah. Jericho. Then it's going to be Moxley. Then it's going to be Kenny. Then it's going to be Hangman. Then it's going to be Punk. Then it's going to be MJF. Like, he, like, had, like, an order of, like, hey, you're a guy who's going to get the world title. Now it's your turn. As opposed to telling a story that makes sense to for that for both the characters to either lose or win those titles. And yeah, now we're just we going with the hot hand. Like, all right. Yeah. I don't know who's going to be the fifth champion. Because that – how could mm-hmm. I possibly know? Like, how could you know? Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, this is, uh, interesting. We've got a couple, uh, couple more, uh, super chats that I want to get to first. Uh, and Zach, I'll get to yours in a second here. Cause it's definitely, uh, a, a good topic here, but first Sean, I'm um, Sean. Thank you for, for this. Appreciate it. Uh, Sean's list, very similar to both of ours, MJF, Adam Cole, Ricky Starks, John Moxley, Danielson, and Jay White. So similar no Takeshita on that list. And no Orange Cassidy on that list. Um, mm-hmm. Instead, we've got Danielson. We've got Adam Cole. Cole is where I want to start. Where, what do you do with Adam Cole? I mean, what? Where? I mean, it, you know, he's kind of, you know, he's a part of the hottest 
thing that AEW has going right now, which, which is MJF and and Cole. So if you if you're talking to him, he'd be like, "Well, what do you mean? Like, I'm I'm in the hottest <laughs> I'm in the hottest angle that the show has, and I've got this best selling shirt, and I'm making huge money, and it'd be very hard to argue." With him. I think that that's you know he'd be he'd be correct. At the same time, um, I haven't seen like that alpha. I'm the guy type guy that you saw in NXT, for example, when he was there. And I think, you know, he can be that guy. Do you trust him to be that guy? Like, is he a guy that you attach, you know, AW to as a, as a, as a company at, at some point? Like, is he still, is that still his ceiling when you look at his future and the future of AEW? Yeah, I think he could be. It doesn't strike me as like a, uh, you know, 100% certain thing like I thought when he first came in, right, that he was going to be in that position. Um, you know, I think he can prove it. You know, I would say the likelihood of that is probably a 75, 80% chance that he can fill that role. But it's not 100. I mean, it's, I felt MJF was about as close to 100 as you could get when he won the title. Mm-hmm. Um, you oh, know, yeah. probably how I felt about Hangman being the champion, right? Like, he's shown signs, you know, Hangman in AEW, and then Cole more so in NXT than AEW, but like solo doing his own thing. Um, so yeah, I think he could, but I would have to see it. And when it comes to booking, I think that was kind of baked into your question. Like, what do you do with him from here on out story-wise? Yeah. You know, I would suggest the important thing there with him, the thing that worked in NXT is his group, right? If you're going to, you know, I think it's two-pronged. You want to get um, Roddy and, the, and Taven and Bennett over, in their own way before you thrust them upon Cole. You want all those guys to feel at least mid-card like, right? They need to be beating, you know, whoever you want to put in there, Sammy Guevara or, you know, Jungle Boy when he comes back, if he does, like needs to get beat by all three of those guys because he'll still be worth something and you can make those guys on the back of, of Jack Perry, something like that. Um, yeah. So making them viable. But then, you know, Cole for not immediately, like, I don't really care if I can see it coming as a fan per se, but I would like to sort of be at this point, Cole does this, the MJF stuff to MJF, right? You know, the, the greatest trick, the devil, devil ever pulled is, you know, making people think he didn't exist. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the greatest trick that Cole can pull on MJF is that he was his friend the whole time. And he never was. And that's like, you know, that on the surface and doing something dastardly to him, um down the line you know what is that six months from now are they best buds for six months and then cole always hated him and was plotting his ultimate demise you know at some point when he you know it'd have to make sense because he could have always just done that and won the title at the same time so there's a little more lifting there but if you do that and then he's got this group of guys that you actually know and somewhat care about that are on the roster and leads those guys and has them do despicable things left and right to a better version of what like blackpool combat club is doing they're doing pretty dastardly things, but they're still cheered, right? So you need to go that next level right. and be like some better version of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Like you have to go all in on being a heel and that group has to go all in on being a heel. And that's a way to like, you know, do that. But if you're asking me, if I'm, you know, Tony Khan, I in the right now, I, I don't have Cole on my short list of guys I think is going to be world champion in the next two years. Personally, I think he can do really high level stuff. But I just don't think he's right there as like a you know a top four or five guy to be in that position coming up. But you know if he impresses me, that can change, and that's what yeah. I think you and I would like to see is him going with the hot hand, as you said. I don't. I don't either. I don't either. I don't think he's 
you know, in the top four for sure. He wasn't in my top six. Um, he's got a lot of talent, which means that could turn at any minute. Um, well, you know, if I'm Tony Khan, the sit down I'm having with him is, and this sounds harsh, but to me, it's Adam Cole. Like, you can you help the company out and like grow up as a performer a little bit? Like, mm-hmm. you're we're gonna turn you heel, and mm-hmm. we want you to be the most dastardly heel that there is. And that means no boom. That means no Adam Cole, baby. That means no story time. Like it means go out there and do, do, do business. Like go play the part of a heel. That's going to draw money. I think Adam Cole, like he's so talented and he's got such a personality and he's so charismatic and he's, He's really great. I saw him in person, you know, um, at, at StarCast and talked with him for a little while and saw him interact with fans. And he's such a likable guy and really genuine and clearly loves the business. But sometimes I think he has bad instincts to, you know, just because a lot of people yell at him cold, baby, at the top of their lungs when he's in the ring, that means he should do it. And he he ends up contradicting himself a lot. In, in the ring as a heel or as a baby face, regardless of which way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like for him to get to that like point where he's in this like six here, it's like, you gotta like figure, figure out what you want to be. Do you want to be like this kind of, you know, guy who everybody likes, but you know, you're, you're kind of this and you're kind of that and you're a little bit of this and you're a little bit of that. And no one really knows how to feel about you. And it's all in the name of fun pro wrestling. Or do you want to be, you know, good for the business of, 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 of pro wrestling and, you know, and draw money. And I think mm-hmm. I'd love to see him. I'd love to see that click for him a little bit more than it has thus far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's like even doing the like build up to it and then like standing up and not doing it and like flipping yeah. everybody off. Right. Like yeah. you just have to tweak it a bit of like, you know, um, there's lots of little things you can do also. If I'm Tony Khan, and this is a little Vince McMahon-y of me, but like if he's gonna turn heel, like I want Cole to cut his hair because I want him to be like a, a completely different person. Yes, like, I want him yes, to have, no, like, totally short yeah. hair. Like he does it and it comes out the next episode with like short hair. And like you know, I'm trying to think Taven's got short hair, Bennett's got short hair, and Roddy. Like if all of them had like the same haircut and they were like some weird militant like group or something, like yeah. just to like show you, like, hey, I'm a different person. And like I'm not the Adam Cole, you know. I'm I'm here to wreck stuff, and I'm pissed that I haven't been the top of this company since day one. And I'm here to do that. And by any means necessary, I've tried to be the nice guy, but that didn't work. And now I'm here to do whatever it takes to be the guy. Yeah, and yep. you know, something like that. Like it's not exactly. super difficult to get there. <laughs> Tyler dropping Vinceisms on the uh, on the old show. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, um, let's go. Yeah. I mean, go ahead. They're gonna seep in once in a while, you know. Yeah. Vince isn't Vince is not a good person, but he didn't have it all wrong. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of it. <laughs> Just a <laughs> lot. Um, all right. Uh, what a, let's go with Zach. Another super chat. Thank you, Sean. Very much appreciated. And you know, hard to argue with your list there, man. Hard to argue with your list. Um, Zach says, I forgot to mention Adam Copeland. If he gets signed, he should be primarily Saturday exclusive. <sighs> okay. Zach, I I mean, Edge is a – it'd be very difficult to say no to Edge if he's a guy who wants to come in. 
But, you know, I think him coming in is more of a, like, CM Punk being around than it is focus on your guys. Like, I think if if, if Edge comes in, he's, you know, he's going to want stuff. He's going to want wins. He's going to want to be at the top of the card. He's going to want a lot of the money. You know, of course, he's going to want all that stuff. And um, I just don't, I, I don't, I am not firmly on board with the edge thing in principle. So it's hard for me to, to say whether or not he should or shouldn't be primarily a Saturday guy. I wouldn't think of any talent in that way, Zach, but with edge, Adam Copeland, I don't, you know, it's just more of like that. All right, let's supercharge the company with kind of surprise debuts than it is. All right, here's the vision for the next four years, and this is what this is what we're going to do. And I and you know that has its pros and its cons. Um, but after everything that happened this weekend, I would be less inclined to sign Adam Cole or Adam Copeland. Period. Not because I think he's going to be like CM Punk, but just I don't think the company's in that spot right now. I don't think that that's what they need. They need focus booking and building their their stars with logical, entertaining, and coherent stories, show to show, week to week. That's what they need. And I don't think that they benefit from having Adam Copeland if that infrastructure is not there. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think we're both uh, wrong. I think he'll be there probably, if I, if I had to guess, right, <laughs> yeah, from, from what we want. Right. But, you know, if, like, I, you know, if I can meet in the middle, I would say, like, if you sign him for – you know, not to be the Goldberg of AEW, because that's not a very awesome comparison to make, but like the legend from another company that comes in and probably loses more often than not, but is always in, you know, you can kind of slot for a three-year period, like, okay, who got the, you know, Adam Copeland match? Right. And like Brock. Like, oh, but, yeah, yeah. Or Jericho does that currently right now. So, yes, you yes, know, that, yes. that capacity, he, he can be there. Also, if there's like a, you know, uh, we've got the meat division. If we got like the legends division within AEW, not like the actual defined on the website, there's no belt for it. But if there's like, you know, a, if, if, you know, I can see Christian and edge going off on the mics against each other. I think that's good television. So if you had some sort of like legends division, that's unspoken, but you know, you have that. And that's like guys of a certain age wrestling, like, you know, Jericho and edge and Christian and edge and, staying in edge and all that sort of stuff. Like those guys all kind of going and round Robin and seeing who's the best old man walking around back there. I think that could be fun, but you know, he's not the greatest talker on the face of the earth. I mean, he's, he's a good talker. I'm not trying to, you know, do that, but I don't think he's going to give you what Christian's giving you on the mic. Um, so a guy who you would see every week, I don't, I think he would have diminishing returns like you saw in his WWE return as WWE would tell you with how yeah, they've used him. Right. Um, but you know, if he's a special attraction guy, I think that could be valuable. And if it's like, Hey, you know, you announced three weeks ahead of time, the edge is going to be wrestling a match on collision. That might give you, you know, a 30, 50,000 person bump on that rating. And maybe that's worth it. I don't know. I don't know how much that is important, but yeah. you know, I think him being a normal guy on the roster and kind of just like, Oh, cool. Here's edge versus, you know, uh, Alex Reynolds. Uh, woohoo. That's the fourth most important match on the card. Like, that's not where you want to use him. Yeah. And I think part of the reason why, like, 
again, it's, it's not that Edge is bad. He's really he's a big star. I mean, there's no question about that. I mean, he's a good wrestler. Um, but I think part, you know, you know, imagine like in 1997, you know, if if uh, you know Vince decided, all right, you know what, like Hogan wants out of his WCW contract, let's bring him back. Let's bring back Nash. Let's bring back Hall. Oh yeah, Macho Man. We need him back too. All big stars. All stars would probably do pretty good business, but you don't get you don't get Steve Austin in that instance. Like you have to give that act time to breathe and time to grow and time to reach the next level. I mean, it's just and so I think that. Like I'm not saying that you know Ricky Starks is going to be the next Steve Austin. I'm saying that you want to, you know, be cognizant of the fact that you want to build your own stars too. And like, if you give Edge a bunch of TV time every week, you can't give it to Orange Cassidy. And maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. We don't know. But it's just you know you still you have to have that that time. Um, great stuff, Zach. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. A- appreciate it very much. Um, lots more to discuss with AEW. We'll be discussing it all week long um, here at SC Scoops. We got all your news covered. If and when CM Punk responds to all this, uh, we'll have you covered there at SCScoops.com. Uh, we're going to pivot to some WWE discussion here right now. The Super Chats are open. Um, we'll talk. Uh, I don't want, we, we don't have to talk payback, but it, it kind of felt like last night on Raw, Tyler, that there's a bit of a, uh, you know, there's some parts of their roster that's going to be, you know, stagnant going forward. You know, we had Seth Rollins and Shinsuke Nakamura essentially reignite their feud last night. I thought that it was pretty silly how they did it with uh, with Seth offering Shinsuke a title match and then Nakamura not taking it for whatever reason. Yeah. That seems silly, but they're clearly on the path to more to more matches. So we have that. You had Jey Uso who made his debut and came across as a really, really big star. We'll start the conversation here. Um, the tone of the show around him was, you know, Sami Zayn is on his side, uh, but he's got amends to make with a lot of people on the roster. Drew's not happy. Matt Riddle's not happy. Mm-hmm. The New Day aren't happy that he's there. <laughs> um, and that's the, that's 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 the story. Um, but he did get a big crowd pop. He did get a big reaction. Um, they also have to give somebody back to SmackDown. And that is a hook that they set on Raw this week as to who is that going to – who's that going to be? Um, so we'll start there. You know, you got you got Jey Uso. Who's going over? Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's – the way to finish the story, right? <laughs> I mean, I was trying to be the, my, my worst Cody impression there. Sorry, I tried to pace it out. Um, good, that was good. I but it. uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, that makes the most sense, right? Because if he doesn't win the Rumble, which you probably don't want Cody winning the Rumble two years in a row, uh, to then get Roman, right? That might get some pushback from fa- the fan base if you're just like, you know, yeah, I think that would not be good for the Cody character if he wins the Rumble two years in a row, right? Is what I'm trying to say. So if he's not on that, then he's kind of got to be on SmackDown to make sense. I mean, you can always work your way around it. He can be in the Elimination Chamber win that way. What have you. But it just makes the most sense. And Jay, the way he's there, you know, he's not the exact talker that Cody is. But as you laid out, there's lots of stories to build around him. 
he can be on the Grayson Waller effect on a pay-per-view and not have a match and continue his own story and be interesting and not, not even having to wrestle. So he can fill a lot of those roles that Cody does when he eventually does align and make amends with those baby faces. He can be in, you know, three, uh, you know, a six man tag with the baby faces taken on the heels of judgment day. So, um, you know, that makes the most sense to me. I don't even know if anyone else is even like a distant second for who would be there. Um, cause he's just like, you know, a Roman's beaten everybody over there. That's on raw. So moving yeah. someone, you think whoever moves over there is someone that's destined to at least have a good opportunity to dethrone Roman. And, uh, you know, Cody's that guy at the moment in WWE. So really for anyone else, I think it's something you shouldn't have even said on TV because it would just go over like a, you know, it would go over poorly. So how do you, okay. I think you're right. I think it's going to be Cody. I, I mean, I'm, I'm almost like certain it's going to be Cody. Because you said nothing, nothing else really makes sense from a storyline yeah. point of view. Well, and like, you know, Roman's, how long is Roman not on SmackDown, roughly? Do we know that? I don't really know. I mean, Cena's here for the next eight weeks. Maybe Cody's the big guy to move over there uh, <laughs> uh, to, to make sure you have a big star every every Friday night on SmackDown. But that's like another thing completely. Well, I think – well, I th- well, here's the thing. I, I mean – I don't think you. I don't think you just want to dismiss that because look, you have NFL season coming up. You know, you do, mm-hmm. do you want Cody? Like, you want him probably in front of the biggest audience that you can get him in front of, and that's not going to yep. be Raw. You know, for the next eighteen weeks or whatever, whatever it is, it just won't be. And it, I don't mean this is like, you know, Hogan trying to stay away from the shows that are going to draw bad, so he's not. You mm-hmm. know, his name isn't on it. I don't. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that like. Cody's one of your biggest is, you know, arguably a top, no, he for sure is a top three star in the company. Like, so you want to get him mm-hmm. somewhere where, where, where you can watch him. I, I don't, I don't particularly like how they did this. I, I think that's where I'm at right now. It's like, so mm-hmm. Cody comes out and he says he cashed in like some of his, you know, political chips to, get Jay over did he like did he also cash him in so that he could go to Smackdown because I, I I don't think you want to paint Cody as a baby face being the guy who's like wheeling and dealing to kind of get what he wants backstage and like like I just think that that's too that is too Cody that is like too <laughs> bad Cody like like the Cody that people have turned on like that to me is on that road and you can't have him win the Royal Rumble again. I agree with you on that. But, like, there's other ways you can get to that Roman match. And yeah, I just don't know that, like and, – and it might not matter. Like, he may show up and debut on, on SmackDown, and, and and that's it. You know, you you don't – you just – you go you go from there. But I hope that this is just a crap. We got one week to get Cody off of Raw and over to SmackDown. So this is the only thing we can do. So let's do it. We don't love it, but it's not going to be like his thing. And I just think you want to be careful with positioning him as more than just wrestler that wants the world title. Like that, I think is sweet spot for Cody. It has been this whole run so far. I hope they don't taint it too much with um, this kind of backstage political chips stuff. Yeah. No, I mean, there's you could do the exact same thing and say, like, you know, Cody's like, hey, I didn't have a match tonight, so I agreed to be on the show, and I 
you know, Adam Pierce told me there's some interesting news and he allowed me to break it. You know, that's how you frame the Jay coming sure, thing to right. not look like because he's doing politician Cody, right? He comes out yeah. in a suit and, you know, the same thing as politicians, right? All of them, ones you support, ones you don't support, all have an air of, you know, I'm better than you, not you, and you know it, right? But it's, you know, any politician thinks that they're better than the general public, whether it's subconscious or conscious, right? And that uh, radiates off of them and the fakeness of interacting with the, the constituents and all that sort of stuff, all that sort of stuff is what Cody does. And having met him in person, I think he actually is a pretty nice guy. I don't think it was just him being a politician, but you know, I could be wrong on that, but like it's that Cody, that, as you said, that, that got him not over in AEW. And how long did that take a year and a half, two years? So like, is he on the same timeline in WWE? I don't know. So you just like, gotta be careful, but you know, do that. And then, on SmackDown, say there's like, hey, announce, you know, hey, we need to fill the spot because Jay left and to fill the roster. You can have a thing where, uh, you know, when it's announced, like, oh, Cody was at the door three hours before any, anyone got to the building because he really wanted to talk and, and he really wanted to be on the show and finish the story. Whatever. You can frame it in any whatever, whatever way makes character the modern version of like, Hey, he's a go-getter and he got here early and he's always dressed nice, you know, that sort of stuff, like that sort of weird vibe that his character gives off. Like all that is better for the character than just saying like, you know, the slightly meta version that we're getting here. So I agree with you hundred percent. It's like the end result is what's good for everybody, especially for Jay and for Cody. But like the way you get there is like, I don't know, a good reason not to focus so hard on WWE TV week in and week out, which is not a, that's not a criticism of anybody is a criticism of the WWE presentation week to week. If you watch everything and analyze everything the way that you probably should watching a TV show. So, yeah. And I, and for sure. I mean, the prospects of Cody on, on SmackDown are interesting to me. I mean, obviously you have the Roman Reigns match. That's, that's big time. I mean, John Cena is there. I think I'm pulling the trigger on that. Like, I think I'm mm-hmm. doing that match. If he's going to be there for seven more weeks and Cody's going over there. Um, yeah. I think I'm doing that match at some point, you know, at survivor series or something. I think I'm going to do that one and just, yeah. or in, just to in Indy, what it, what's it? Fastlane? Fastlane is the or, next thing or, in Indy. Or Fastlane. Yeah. I mean, either one. I mean, I think I just, I, I, I like that match. I, I mean, I don't know that it's not, you're not looking at, five-star classic or anything like that but i like you know it's a you know like it's it's star power colliding mm-hmm. so i may maybe i like that match more than than others but i think that's a smart a smart a smart one to go to we'll we'll see yeah. how it plays I, out i don't know yeah i think it's good i mean it's a little late in the, in the story this probably, probably should have been i mean it is it has been started since wrestlemania but i think cody should probably beat all of Roman's major, at least people that are heels, his or or neutral like Cena, it's a big match. Like beat everyone that Roman has beaten, but he's beaten them cleanly. Would be like a good story to be like, hey, oh, I yeah. deserve to beat you again because like you can't beat anyone clean and you didn't beat me clean. Like I think that's a pretty good story to go into WrestleMania of why he deserves to be in that spot as opposed to well, he's a big star and he seems like a guy who can carry the company after Roman, which is you know what we're all thinking. But it's good to have that actual basis of in the story. Of why he should, but yeah, yeah, I agree. So with this trade, we'll see. We'll see if it's Cody. I, I, 
can't think of a viable like other person. Maybe, you know, you could probably make arguments for a lot of people. You can argue Kevin Owens. You could probably argue Drew McIntyre. You could probably argue like you can make arguments, but I don't think anybody makes as much sense as as uh, as, as Cody does. Mm-hmm. But Jay Uso is now on Raw, and I think he's a you know he was featured last night in a major way, like big time way. He opened the show. Um, uh, you know, he had big big crowd reaction, and you know I gotta say, and and, and Sean's chiming in here on the super chat, and so we'll we'll start here. We'll, we'll wrap up with this this topic. Um, Sean, thank you for your contribution. Appreciate it, man. Uh, what do you guys think about how Jay was handled on Raw? I like all the stories around it, and I do too. That was like a high point of Raw for me was the Jay Uso kind of integration into the show. Like, yes, you know the the uh, Chad Gable and um, Gunther, good match for sure. They were fantastic in terms of how they they built that thing up in the show as well. Um, but Jay, like having these interactions with all these people that he's <laughs> that he's wronged as part of the bloodline, that now he's here, and not only is he there, but he's got you know babyface Sami Zayn on his side. Um, you know, Kevin Owens is going to have something to say about that. So you've got like that story. You've got something with Drew. You've got something with Riddle. You've got something with New Day, um, and then you, of course, you've got Sammy that uh, that you can eventually like tie all that stuff into. Plus, Dominic Mysterio on the show invited him to join the Judgment Day. So you've got that whole thing going on. So, like, Jay, you know, is touching a lot of stuff on that show. Um, I thought they did a nice job with that, Sean. Um, Tyler, the – can Jay be – is he a smart top babyface on the show going into what is regularly – WWE's down period on Monday nights just because of because of football. It's you know it happens every year. We know it's coming. Um, but is is a star like Jay, you know, a good babyface to put on that show as like one of the lead acts in addition to Seth to not necessarily like stunt the 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 impact that the NFL is going to have, but just provide entertaining week to week shows for fans who are watching that over mm-hmm. instead of football. Yeah, no, I th- I think it is tremendously. I, I think for years, and this is definitely a Triple H effect, that this is the season, you know, football season, but this is the time of year to really be trying new stuff and see what sticks. Because, you know, the time frame is not super important, right? Like if Jay is doing something and it's working or not working, this is not him going into Royal Rumble or WrestleMania. It's not ending some, it's not ruining some big show that you have, big ideas for and you want him to be a big star, right? You can do something. If it's not working, you can pivot and go back to what you originally planned. And that's just anything in WWE. They should have tried different stuff that maybe, you know, in wrestling, right? What's, what's the hit rate? 30% on trying a new idea. Um, You know, guys were getting the word. Yeah. Over the people gotten yes and no. And what, (laughs) right. So you just going out there trying new stuff and it's, it's a time of the year to do that. Not like it's the preseason, but it's, it's not the most important time of the year. And, you know, with Jay, I want to, and it's also a time to give people a chance, right? And Jay, the critique that you and I have had is that WWE's not presented him as that top star that feels like can take down Roman and be the guy after that, right? He would feel like a Kofi taking out um, Daniel, you know, Brian Danielson 
and then you know having a run but then losing to brock instantly right it, yes. it would feel like that sort yes. of run and um so giving him the chance is a big big th- thumbs up for me and that's what they're doing it seems like is giving him the chance he's he's still in my mind it's cody and jay at this exact moment of guys who can beat roman for that title i think cody's about 90 percent likelihood and jay's 10 or less but if he has this run here for the next six months on raw it can be that you know top one or two guys and carry a show then that is leaves me open to the possibility that maybe roman could beat cody at wrestlemania again as uh, to freak oh, out the man. world and then you know maybe jay could come in and be you know riding in on a white horse and save the day so that's a lot and you know we have six plus months to get there but this to me is triple h giving jay that opportunity to interact with everybody be the most important guy on the show week in and week out and does that feel right because right now it does and can he keep that momentum? I think this is the time of year to do it. And it co- it's same thing with the ratings, but it's a time to try things and see what works and try and make new stars. So I'm, I think it's a big thumbs up to try it. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. All right. We're going to finish up uh, with uh, some, uh, some, uh, with two, two uh, uh, super chats. Uh, Sean jumping in and saying, I will say John Cena has been unbearable so far. Yeah. I, I'm I'm going back in time and wish I could rewind my comment about the Cody and Cena match. I like that match, but I only like that match if you're going to get an actual John Cena who cares and who is going to try to take it seriously. He's been such a caricature of himself and of a pro wrestler that, yeah, I agree, Sean. Uh, He has been. It's been a rough, rough go. Um, Tyler? Yeah, I agree. Easily the worst part of payback was especially the, the interview. The interview more so than even the interaction with Miz and um and being the the guest ref but the the whole interview backstage with the bow tie and the dress shirt not tie all that stuff it was it's been bad so yeah he needs to turn it on and um yeah not be this character not Austin Theory Cody that would be a bad thing yeah no right exactly and yeah i, I think everybody agrees on that Sean well said yeah. and thank you for the contribution uh and then we're going <laughs> to polarize your opinion here Zach, jumping in. Appreciate you, Zach. Thank you. Um, thank you. Get Rhea out of the Judgment Day as soon as possible. She's better than carrying that group. Tyler, I'm going to take this one first because I vehemently disagree with you, Zach, on this. Like, this is the Judgment Day helped make Rhea Ripley. Like, remember where she was before Judgment Day came into her life. It was not good. It was teaming with Nikki A.S.H. Okay. Like that's where she was at. And now not only is she in the judgment day, but the judgment day is getting all kinds of TV time. They're a part of major storylines. She's the champion. She's like the leader of the group, you know, Uh, she's alpha. and You get to see it on a regular basis because she gets to play off these guys in that way. There's no way I'm taking her on a judgment day right now. I think she's she certainly can thrive on her own, and she's put herself on that pedestal and and um, has shown that she can be like you know a top act in WWE. But man, not yet. Like you, you. There's a long way to go, I think, for her in Judgment Day. And I think that you know until you're absolutely sure that she will survive as a babyface on her own out there, you keep her 
and keep her right right where she is. Um, Sean's jumping in too at the super chat saying one of the best things on Raw. Yeah, I, I agree. Tyler, where are you at on this? Is this is this? Do you want to see Rhea Ripley on her own right now, or or, or what? Uh, I do not. Um, but you know, I would just the reason for that. I think she is ready to be a big baby face. It's just make sure you have the right story for her, and that is probably like you know I don't know if. if her defeating Dominic in a match is the way to go or having Dominic defeat her in some sort of match to get him over as like the, the, the biggest heel in the company. If you can do something like that, I, I think you pull the trigger, but that's more for when, um, you know, priest and Ballard have their thing. I think all that kind of implodes at the same time. So yeah. I think that's all on the table. And that's like, that feels like, you know, if Dominic Mysterio goes from like wrestling, his dad won WrestleMania to Rhea Ripley, the following WrestleMania, if you can make that work, I think that'd be quite the run for Dominic to get like <laughs> some, some crazy interest match out of it. So, yeah. And I would just like point to her feud with Raquel recently. That's her kind of on her own, so to say. And the right. build was not awesome and the match was not awesome. So I think she would not be as prevalent if she's not walking around and being her exact character that she is right now. So I would just lead, I would just lead with caution on that. All right, Zach, thank you so much. And, guys, we will put a bow on it right there. Appreciate everybody for tuning in live. Thank you in advance to everybody who has, um, you know, uh, downloaded the show as a podcast. We appreciate the support. And we'll be back next week, same time, same place, right here on the SC Scoops YouTube channel with the SC Scoops Pro Wrestling Podcast. Uh, For Tyler, I am Zach. Thank you once again, everybody, and we'll catch you guys next time.